0: no soldiers in Zeon, so we are certain to be victorious in this war!
1: that you have questions for me, Scoop. I mean, some people have questions for
0: you. Okay. Maybe maybe
1: it's uh, me. I don't know.
0: There might be, you know.
1: There's a lot of them or a small amount? How <sighs> popular is Adam?
0: Uh, well, Adam got the most questions.
1: Yes! Which you Revenge means- on last time, where there's just a fucking mad gun. Mm. Which is funny because Mangan
0: only has that one question that I talked to you about that I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know if I'm going to ask that one, I'll be honest with you.
1: (laughs) Don't worry, you won't have a problem getting content out of Matt for 30 minutes or however long. He'll just, he'll just spew content at you.
0: I told you how long we recorded for Dallas last night, right? Quite a bit. Uh, yeah, like close to an hour. 50 minutes. 50 minutes of fucking audio. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that doesn't surprise me. And we had much, much less questions for that. So let's see how this fucking the, goes.
1: Yeah, this is your rodeo. How do you want to kick this off?
0: Oh, you know, we, that
1: cold open. Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> cold open. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very familiar with this strategy. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's the way Fetty's gum is run. <laughs> yeah, we operate solely on cold open. So without them, we'd have no idea how we start a podcast. We just sit there with their thumb in our ass the entire time
0: also like you also have the advantage of it's a recurring thing yeah so you have the ability to swap from the cold open randomly to do the what you did like in the early days of the last time on Fetty Scum and it's just like Lone Star and Copilot giving you a re- well I guess you can't have Copilot do it anymore because you fucking mercilessly murdered him but
1: <laughs>
0: yeah I did <laughs>
1: and i'll do it again. <laughs> oh
0: god. Okay. So here, here's the other other side of this one that's uh made you mm-hmm. have a lot of questions. You have your multiple personalities that have to answer a couple of these.
1: Now, now hold on. They're they're characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get mad. Yeah. <laughs> let's not let's not make
0: seem Adam, make Adam seem worse than he is, all right? Yeah, your your multiple personalities. <laughs> we all know Cav is your unbridled rage that you feel towards the outside world.
1: Look, I uh, I do relate to Cav quite a bit. Cav's probably uh, the one I relate to the most in a lot of ways.
0: And Rast is who you feel like when the cast comes after you. Yes,
1: yes, yeah, all right, all right. I see where you're going. All right, continue, Mr. Freud. <laughs> all right, I'll stop fucking around with you. <laughs> just kidding you you've signed up for this shit yeah no i expected to be mercilessly stoned for 30 minutes is what i expected from this q and a you're the one that gave me the job man <laughs> i know i know i know but i just know what sort of questions to uh, expect honestly
0: oh they're not they're not nothing too crazy your first Ooh. one's going to come in from twitter
1: oh eh.
0: oh yeah username turniphead um... Okay. turniped would like to know, what was your, uh, favorite moment to record? Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, I, I know,
1: it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a loaded question. Je- Dallas had a hard time with it, too. Yeah. Um, I think, personally, just personally, this is gonna be a bit of a disappointing answer, because it's not, like, a moment, it's a feeling. Feeling. It's a vibe that Adam gets. I need to really stop referring to myself in the third person in this interview. I... I can't keep doing that. Um, you, you need to also not fucking
0: deep throw the mic on me, please.
1: Why? No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, on uh, several different occasions, I've had to give a monologue in the, in, in like either in character or as a narrator. So, either like Rass talking for a bit, Cav talking for a bit, some, someone talking for a bit, you know, or just as a narrator talking for a bit. And sometimes, we record that, and like I always record it like in the moment with the rest of the cast. But like you know, eh, say so if it's gonna be the cap of an episode or if it's relaying important information, uh, I'll re-record it for Dallas and we clean put the cleaner version in there so that like you get. Like, or maybe I forgot an important detail or maybe uh, maybe it just didn't, I, I stumbled over my words. You know, that never happens. Right. It never, that, that.
0: never, never. never.
1: So, you know, we clean it up for dramatic, you know, reveals. But on occasion, I get it right pretty much in the recording. Uh, I like those moments. <laughs> I like when I nail like a monologue or a line that I've been like delivering in my head for a week preparing for an episode. Uh, of like, oh yeah, this is how they're gonna say it. Uh, this is how I I will say this when they do this, and when it goes when it, when it goes according to plan, I very much like that. Pretty much any cool thing that Rast I know Rast saying cool things, uh-huh. but yep. he has um, <laughs> or 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 Cav or Sark or anyone has said that that went well, and I didn't have to re-record for it to come off well. <laughs> I'm happy about those. My favorite recently was uh, What Purple Twink Crawled Up Your Ass and Died. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) I like that one a lot. That one was kind of off the cuff. I didn't plan it ahead of time, but I was very proud of that one.
0: Just just proud of, like, your improv skill in the moment. I mean, I would not call that an anticlimactic answer because it's... It's a s- sense of accomplishment, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, alternatively, taking the correct, uh, collect, uh, the, 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 question more directly. It's a, uh, it, it's a bit hard to think of all the things that happened, and like the, the moment in recording that was really awesome. But I can't give you one. I can give you my actual like. Oh, while we we're recording this, I'm like, yes, yes. As like a director, like you can see me like dressed like Stanley Kubrick on the side, like yes, keep going, yes. Um, copilot's death. There you go.
0: You know, I feel like that that's that's a scene that's gonna keep coming up in a lot of these uh these Q and A's.
1: I think I traumatized a whole generation of listeners, which is uh, was not my intention, but I'll take it.
0: Yeah. D- Dallas, feel free to cut this part. Because this is going to be from the last interview as well, but I was explaining to him last night the mm-hmm. uh, the moment I actually heard that for the first time, um, mm-hmm. I was back here in Florida in a drive through at a Starbucks. Great place to hear it, but yeah, trying to idea. trying to not cry and like give this lady my order for a fucking Condi <laughs> <laughs> caramel frappuccino, and she's probably like looking at me like because I'm I'm in uniform still, like I just got off work. Oh man! I hadn't even made it all the way home yet, and it's just like, oh my god. god, that was a, was a big moment. It was a big moment to get punched with right then and there.
1: Yeah, i I'm, I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out as kind of like a director from a director sense. So to go further in on that scene, mm-hmm. you pull a
0: switcheroo on us.
1: Yeah. A pretty heavy switcheroo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: How, how did you come up with the that that how that scene went down?
1: Um, well, I was just thinking of the most uh, painful way possible I could deliver <laughs> the scene, <laughs> um, and that was what I came up with after thinking about it. So I I write as a hobby, and uh, oftentimes my stories tend to be tragic and have horrible endings, and uh, that, b- bad things like that happen. And I try to think of ways of uh, maximizing uh, the, 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 the suffering of the scene. I know that sounds <laughs> incredibly fucked up. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to make an impactful scene here. I, I got to maximize the suffering if it's going to be a scene about suffering for the listener. Anyways, it did take me a few weeks to think about it where I wanted to do a switcheroo. Um, like I said, Dallas wanted to play a new character. So he didn't know how he was going to die, really. Not not the specifics. He just knew that it was coming and that when it started to feel right, he'd be like, okay, yeah, this is where I die. <laughs> but the rest of the cast didn't know.
0: I'm kind of sad like we didn't have the ability to get a live reaction of, like, everyone's face as it kind of went down. Yeah, limits of the medium. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just curious to... St- to know what the, the looks were on everyone else's face as this was happening. Because everyone had played fast and loose up until that point. Because there was seemingly
1: no repercussions for their actions. <laughs> <laughs> it's called lulling them into a false sense of security. And also having a system you hate. And so therefore you don't want to use it. Mm. That was the old system prior to that pretty much. The majority of that prior to that was like the old system. And I was not happy with it. And so I started to avoid it.
0: Avoid using it. Because that was still during the initial rework, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you'd moved to what you've basically reworked out as your newer system for still in the Powered by the Apocalypse style. And then you moved to the new, 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 new.
1: Yeah. So the one we're out is kind of modeled after uh, GURPS. I know it sounds stupid, but that's what it's called. I
0: I, I know. I've I've been around long enough for GURPS to
1: have crossed my table more than once. Okay. So it's like at least how the dice work and how the skills work, it's kind of uh, based on GURPS. The interpretation of how kind of skills uh, and your attributes kind of go together and like you describe what you're going to do and then I tell you the two things, that, that methodology comes from Powered by the Apocalypse because that's the concept behind the moves is that you give the players this move set of what they're describing. They want to do. They don't say like, Oh, I'm going to roll my agility plus my acrobatics. They say like, Oh, I'm going to get the fuck out of here, get the fuck out of here, being a move. And then, you know, you roll on that, um, methodology being you, you think narrative first. Um, so in the same vein, the players tell me what they want to do. And then I tell them which two skills to mix. Uh, which is also very uh very vampire the masquerade. I have uh, quite a uh, quite a Frankenstein's monster going on here, but I'm pretty happy with it. <laughs> I was like I know
0: it's 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 definitely been a little bit to grasp in the beginning of like trying to fully understand what's going on with the system. and like i I knew in this previous episode like you could hear a little bit of cat's frustration of like just trying to understand the way the one of the rules mm-hmm. was going down because like it,
1: it is a very different thing from what we're all used to.
0: Like,
1: y- Yeah, it's it's more crunchy, but I felt there needed to be more crunch for me to be happy with the system. Um, but I didn't want to obviously didn't want to make it as crunchy as a as a lot of systems are, because I mean, that's why Betty's comes a podcast. If, if we had played it and it was and it was Lancer or it was mechton Zeta. Anywhere near that level of crunchiness, we, uh, we would not have kept playing. We would have recorded one episode, it would have been four hours long, and we would have been, eh, fuck, fuck doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and we wouldn't have done it. Uh, Fetty Scum only exists because we went to a narrative system and we were able to kind of role play it more, uh, lean on the narrative, and kind of come up with what was a radio drama with, with light rules. And so I had to keep whatever we moved to fairly light. And it is uh, just a little weird in concept. But I hope when I do release it that it'll it'll be well-liked because I, I just I, I basically pivoted from making a system that uh, I was viewing as kind of penultimate to making a system that simply, like, I enjoyed running. Uh, it was a lot easier. And I know, if, like, I enjoy it. There's bound to be a few people out there who enjoy it. I'm not going to say it's an amazing system, but uh, There's a few people who will think like me and be like, ah, yeah, I like this.
0: At the end of the day, like, you're not here trying to create a new RPG system and sell it and that be your whole medium. Like, that's, yeah. that's not the goal here. It's it's so that you have something to tell your story and have mm-hmm. fucking fun with your, your, your party.
1: Yeah. And so... Yeah, uh, The initial direction where I was trying uh, very hard to kind of lean into the methodology of Powered by the Apocalypse games was just not yielding the results I wanted for this kind of game. I needed a little bit more crunch. And I could, I could tell a few other listeners from what they said, they, they definitely wanted more crunch as well. But primarily, I wanted more crunch. It feels good when numbers line up and shit, you know?
0: Understandable. I was like right. I honestly think like what y'all did with Powered by the Apocalypse and how how y'all weren't like we'll say as um, role heavy as D&D is. Mm-hmm. D&D. and d depending on like who you have as a DM like can be ungodly role heavy. Like yeah. I think that is one of the big things that like definitely drew me in when I just randomly saw the the Facebook ad for you guys.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 No it definitely can and like leading up to our first well, even before our first few episodes, I was listening to a lot of uh, live play podcasts where they where they use various systems yeah. and that was a reoccurring theme that I found was horrible. I would listen and then I would listen for an hour and I only one turn in combat had happened um, or something like that, or it's just like they're arguing about the rules. Or it's 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 literally just moving from one role to the next role to the next role, and I quit so many podcasts that I was listening to for examples because of those reasons. where it's just like this is not what I want from this. I was like, well, there has to be other people who want a more like story driven one because I feel like a lot of people are trying to be critical role and critical role. You have a GM who really knows what they're fucking doing. And they 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 run the rules very quick and. Overall, they're fairly rolls light, and you have professional improv actors who can fill the dead space very well. Most most people trying this don't have have that, so I needed something to facilitate something similar, I guess. A system that would put role playing on the spot, and you know, uh, I knew from role playing with my friends in the past that they would be you know good for it. I was like the group you ended up with. I think all of you worked together pretty well. Yeah, I'm very happy with them.
0: So we've made it through one question.
1: It's 20 minutes in. We're doing good. Rapid fire. We're doing fire. real good.
0: We're doing real good. <laughs> <laughs> Rapid fire. Lightning round. Lightning round uh, me. I, I, will, I, will, I will save a couple of short ones for lightning round if we have to get to that. Got it. Um. All right, so this one comes in from Twitter. It's actually from Siege. Um, oh, Twitter is okay. user Siege fault. We had this discussion yesterday. Is it Siege or is it Siege? Siege. Siege. Okay. I'm I just, think,
1: right? I, I don't
0: I, know. I, I want to say that's what it is. I'm just, I'm always afraid. It's okay. a word that I have a hard time with. I don't know why. Anyway. Twitter is siege. Twitter uses Siege fault. Yeah. Um, if your character was forced into a cooking for Gordon Ramsay to impress him in a competition against the others from the Ghost of the Inverness, what would you cook and do you think you would win? Adam, you are specifically Rast Marco. <sighs>
1: uh, so, <laughs> I, I, hmm. God, what would Rast go for? I don't think he'd win. I can go ahead and answer that part. That's just not winning winning in a, a straight up and down contest like that's not really Rast's thing. Character wise, he just doesn't have that winning energy about him. But uh meal wise, I think pre-diner in mobile, it would probably be something simple, a sandwich or something. <laughs> Post diner in mobile, he might try to make pancakes. <laughs> might try to make pancakes. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that, that that breakfast had an impact on him. Eating breakfast while watching Lady Sark get her ass kicked. Yeah, that was a spoilers. I don't know. Uh, a, <laughs>
0: by the time this comes out, if you've listened to this before, you listen to the episodes that came for it. You did this yeah. shit to yourself. Yeah, I think that's fair. She she specifically had it as ras, but I, I want to also hear what the fuck would Cav cook
1: only cav can cook so funny little funny little inside i don't know behind the scenes shit uh i have role played cav in a different gundam game as cav same cav and he has tried to cook in that game and it was horrible i don't know so he basically just uses his rations and tries to do, do things to make his rations taste better but uh kind of just makes them worse somehow um burns them was a fucking horrific, horrific blob of non food that he then proceeds to eat uh, without issue.
0: Man's got an iron stomach.
1: Yeah. Enough of those uh, weird shots to your spine through your stomach will do that to you, I guess. I guess. It's funny, is I have another Gundam RP character who is literally a fucking chef. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all, I, I haven't used them in Fetty Scum. Yet, I do plan on introducing them at some point as a minor character, but uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're it's like the question's tailor made for them. I, I wouldn't say it's tailor made for them, I'd say it was a, it would just be easier for them. It would have been easier, there would have been an actual answer, it'd be like a shrimp parfait or something. <laughs> shrimp
0: parfait, let's just mo- moving on. That just you disgusted me. Okay, so it comes in from Facebook user Jake Howard. If you guys decide to keep going on after the one year war, we just do a straight seven year time skip to Zeta, or are you going to do some good old Stardust memory shenanigans? I want to say you've talked about this in the past. A little I have bit.
1: briefly. I have briefly, but I've never nailed anything down specific. But as we're getting closer and closer, I um I kind of have more definitive plans now. Uh, we're effectively going to do a uh, a brief series, likely as mostly different characters not entirely different characters for stardust memory as a break between zeta and the one year war so expect like a 10 episode mini series in between with new characters for most players uh, occasionally i don't know depending on how the one year war ends a few of them might be in the one shot um of the main cast um but uh, more likely than not, it's mostly going to be new characters. So think like the the one short little Zeon side story we did with Ferdinand sleeps and and the the rest of the fuckers in in that uh, that carrier ship.
0: Nobody no death, and I am still expecting Fern to deliver me those memoirs. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so dedicated to nobody no death. I, I'm I'm actually not the uh, the one that's de- dedicated. Nobody, I, yeah, it's
1: it's fucking Shadow. I'm aware. It, yeah. It's very much Shadow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Shadow's catchphrase, and it's like, buddy, all the time people die with without leaving a body.
0: <laughs> Look, man, uh, new type goes or a thing. We we know that Ferdinand sleeps with a was a new type, so it's, <laughs> it's fine. He's out there. Him and him and co-pilot are writing those memoirs together. Anyway. <laughs> Uh this one also comes in from Facebook. This guy has a fancy fucking name, Christopher Barstad Alder.
1: That is a uh, very fancy fucking name. Holy that is a, shit! It's a fair. It's. A, I, I feel like that needs to be an RPG name. Honestly, like, I would. Just... I would marry that man just for his name, Adam Barstad Alder. God, I, I I can understand like
0: that's definitely the moment where I understand leaving your your middle name in because it's just it's so fucking strong. It's a strong name. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like some kind of like royalty. Yeah, it's a good name. Or noble.
1: Good name. Okay, I'm done sucking this guy off. (laughs) Yep. That's that's the question.
0: (laughs) So this is a two-parter question. Um, Part one is going to be for Cav Walker. Okay. How do you keep your bloodlust up and running for so long? Um, Is there anything you do to unwind or calm down after mass murder and gladiatorial pit fights?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um. Okay. Well, you know, bloodlust comes from a <clears throat> a fire deep inside you, you know, just think of what you had before. Think of what they took away from you. Focus on that. You won't have a problem. You know, things just go black. Heads pop. You wake up. Problem solved.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand that this man is currently in the office using it looks like someone's fucking femur as a toothpick. Um, please send help.
1: <laughs> um, and then the, uh, to unwind thing, um, I'll have to go back to the other RP. Um, Cav liked smoking in hallways and, uh, getting in arguments with goody two-shoe pilots, basically bullying green pilots. So that is what he does to unwind. <laughs> so he's just an asshole. Yeah, yeah. The, the goal <laughs> was to make a, an asshole character, uh. Yeah. He's he's lovable in a way, but uh <laughs> yeah, he's an asshole.
0: Now for Ras Marco. <laughs> uh, wouldn't it be nice if all this was just an awful concussion-induced fever dream brought on by one of Lady Sark's special sessions? Oh God. <laughs> Maybe even if you aren't actually in the war and that was it, Dee, Dee? Is curled up with a nice book next to you after you wake up from the nightmares of war. Um, okay. So that's a very long question.
1: Yeah, I'm, let not, me, I'm not even uh, sure if there's
0: actually a question in there. Hang on. <laughs> it,
1: it, well, it Basically, would it be good? And just asking for the character's reaction. Because I can remember what it was, DD or VB, based on what characters from Aethem uh, S. Team's girlfriend was. Uh, it's BB M- is uh, Mikkel's. It, then it is DD. Because okay. <laughs> we literally just d- did kind of the, the opposite, like, you know, sound there for that. Is so it
0: bad is, that Rass is less of a bitch than Mikkel?
1: Uh I mean, I wanted him to be less of a bitch, so I'm happy that that turned out to be the case.
0: It's it's That says more more about Mikkel's character than yeah. anything else.
1: Oh, God, I uh, I really do wish it would have just all been a dream, but, you know, I don't think I'm lucky enough for it to turn out that way. Some people just pull the short straw in life. There, that's his reaction to there thinking about that.
0: <laughs> Skipping past the ones that we're going to use for lightning round. I have a feeling lightning round's not going to go well. I, I have a feeling it's not going to either. Here we go. From Twitter user Zachary Salsa. Hey. How similar are the GMs stat-wise versus the old Zaku's of the mobile anchors?
1: Uh, I mean, the GMs are a bit better. Um, the call district types are, are, are like considerably better. But the 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 regular GMs are a bit better. Um, but to compare it to old stat lines, I kind of can't do that because of it's different systems now. But okay, there you go. That's you, an answer. <laughs>
0: have you really written the old Zaku's back into your stuff stat wise? Because you haven't had to use them yet. I
1: haven't. That's why I say like I can't really make the comparison. But like I would make them just slightly less powerful than the the gems, and then like. Uh, con- not considerably, but even more so for the cold district type. But yeah, I haven't used them really outside of like just mentioning that there are zaku's out there. So they haven't really uh, come back in stat wise. Because at the time
0: of us recording this, like the only things that have actually had combat have been the e in system. new system, mm-hmm. the pixie, mm-hmm. the goof, and then allsquam had combat, but I don't know how much of that you were really.
1: Rolling as combat, and how much you were doing is more uh, exposition. Uh, that was more exposition. Uh, yeah. Just to speed thing along, unless it's going to unless it's going to matter in a narrative way. In other words, unless I'm fighting a player, I don't yeah. roll for enemies so I didn't when think you it. Did. Yeah, <laughs> it, the things just go how I think they should go in a fight between two NPCs. I. I've been at tables where fucking GMs roll for NPCs who are fighting other NPCs. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, I understand it's a preface thing and I don't want people to feel bad if you do that. But like, I don't get it. <laughs> it just I just slows it. the game down as far as like, far as I can say, especially if you're in a like for me, it was dark heresy and dark heresy can be a bit of a slog sometimes in combat. Especially if you don't know what you're doing completely, you have to look up all of these, uh, fuck, what are they called? They're like special rules that apply to your character, special phrases, keywords. No, they're not called keywords. They're called in the tabletop, I think. Ah, fuck it. Whatever. Next question. Uh,
0: Second part of the question, how do you typically decide which UC characters might fit your story slash narrative without messing too deeply with canon?
1: Oh, easy. That's an easy one. That's an easy, easy question. Uh, I don't introduce anyone the cast would know. There. <laughs> I introduce people the cast won't recognize, generally speaking. I think it's always funny, like, having a,
0: just a post-episode talk with Jason or something, and him being like, oh, like, it was this
1: character, and you're, and you're just like, shh, shh, shh. But yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah J- I mean so jason's very aware of a lot of the minor characters in gundam uh and gundam side story stuff and so yeah, he always calls me out on stuff like y- you're talking about this character right <laughs> <I'm> like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh but yeah i try to keep it to side characters and ones that the the cast won't recognize and i also how i tend to involve them with the plot pays a good deal toward uh the, the cast not, you know, messing with them. So like the most important character plot wise I've introduced that is a canon character ha- so far has been Garmazabi, Char if you count over the telephone. And they are they're in a situation where the cast can't do anything to either of them, really. They're just kind of there. Okay. I guess I introduced Armro and the Gundam in the that one side story.
0: I mean, is that side story canonical? For Fetty's Come itself.
1: Yes. Yeah, that happened. Okay. That happened. That w- that happened to give a sense of time as to where we were in the one year war because that happened in episode three or four of Mobile Suit Gundam, one of those. I, th- I think uh, it
0: was either three or four.
1: I think it was three because four is descending to Earth and five is when we meet Garmazabi. Don't make fun of how I remember Mobile Suit Gundam episodes by the proximity to Garmazabi. <laughs> I mean it's a
0: it's a very clear line in the series though. Mm-hmm. Cause he's only there for what five episodes?
1: Yep. He's five to ten and then he uh his funeral is in episode twelve. Episode five, he I think he appears on a screen and that's about it. So he technically almost isn't even in that Because
0: that's really just him uh talking to Shar mm-hmm. briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh your next one comes in from Twitter user Pragmaticy. Hi. With the possibility of journeying into space comes the possibility of an episode at a, at Space Colony Texas uh, <laughs> beach episode <laughs> slash barbecue at Texas. When
1: uh, inevitably, I will say inevitably, you you kind of called me out. I'm a big fan of Western shit. There's no way we're not going to Texas Colony. Okay, we are. We're going to we're going to Texas Colony. Okay, it will happen. And you also called me out on the beach episode. Uh, I I wanted to put a beach episode there, so <laughs> there, there you go. Damn, <laughs> yeah, this is a, this person is very dialed in on like my general sense of things I wanted to do in space.
0: Now with the plan of going to uh, Texas, mm-hmm. are you thinking you might do it as another side story style option, or do you think you would bring the main cast because oh, you do uh, have some actual Gundam Canyon going on there?
1: Oh, it wouldn't be at the same time. It'd probably be before the whole Makuve Shar uh, Armuro fight. Okay. Um, so it would it would be when the you know, the colony is still basically just abandoned, but uh, it had yet to be filled with mines. Or depending on which version of canon uh, you're listening to, still very much filled with mines. I'll leave that up to be a surprise, I guess, because in one version, Makuve puts them there. Um, in another version, the Colony Company put them there. I don't know why the Colony Company put them there. Which version is that? The one where Makuve is not there for that fight, which is the m- movie version. Mm. Yeah, I think. God, I need to. It's been a while since I've seen the movies. Mm. But yeah, I think in the movie version he's not there for that fight. The TV show version where he is. Okay. That's that's where he dies in the TV show. In the movie version, he doesn't die. He actually continues on to Axis and dies sometime there. If if you follow Char's uh, deleted affair as canon, which, eh, flip a coin at this point, uh, he dies on the way to Axis. He doesn't even make it to Axis. If you follow just Zeta, he probably made it to Axis along with Char and a lot of other Xeon refugees and died sometime there and after. I guess flip a coin and uh, hold breath of whether or not you're gonna have mines there in that beach episode.
0: Oh Lord, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to see the gang in mines. God. I mean the new the new gang, like the new attitude with the gang. Maybe it would be safe.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're they're the they're less lackadaisical.
0: Yeah, the the pre co-pilot getting absolutely eviscerated.
1: Um, th- those days would have been bad with the mines. Mm-hmm. There is a a big change probably coming to Fetty Scum pretty soon. So uh, I'm excited for that to happen because I think it's going to be... It's not going to be as emotionally impactful as co-pilot dying, but it will be a a big change to how the the party interacts with each other in a similar capacity.
0: That being said, do you think any of the other members of the cast realize at this point... That Dallas's character is a double agent. Uh,
1: I think Tiny has hinted uh, being suspicious. Whether or not Cat remembers is a different question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think Matt or Madgun have any clue. But Matt's Matt's sharp. Matt Matt fucks around a lot, but Matt Matt is a sharp a sharp tool in the shed when he needs to be. So he he could put it together very quickly out of nowhere. Honestly. Um... I don't think Lone Star knows. And I don't think Zach knows. As far as Furin, I think I think Furin is suspicious, but I'm not sure about him. I don't think he ever voiced it as naps, his suspicion. So I don't know about his character. On the NPCs, Rast is clueless and Cav uh doesn't care. Uh if he turns out to be a traitor, Cav will murder him. So it doesn't really doesn't really care beyond that, so not really an issue.
0: I mean, at this point, is anyone really a traitor in the group? Because you're a you're an army without a flag.
1: Funny how that. Funny how that happened, right?
0: Yeah. Like <laughs> the option was there for them to stay with mm. the Federation.
1: Mm-hmm. On and and maybe in this most recent episode, I made a a very clear option to return. <laughs>
0: I'm kind of happy like to see them
1: being like, nah, fuck that, we're gorillas now. Let's do it's this definitely, shit. Uh, it's definitely more interesting, I think. Uh, it opens up for more possibility. But it is, absolutely, I'm trying to keep it completely in the realm of player choice here and give them as many options to go back as they, they can uh, so that they don't feel like I have pigeonholed them into being in this. What I'm going to say is a far more dangerous path for them. So, Yeah. Oh yeah, because you, you've made
0: enemies of both sides now. <laughs> you you have no backup coming in the middle of humanity's most deadly conflict. You were now <laughs> a, an army of what seven,
1: eight, thereabouts. Yeah, depending on uh, a few things, but yes. So speaking of a few things, um, oh, there's there's a question
0: that's been kind of in the back of my mind. I've I brought up to you once, okay, um, many many brought- many episodes ago. And it's about the uh, the character that was voiced by Place. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the radio operator. Um, if, if for for anyone that might not know what I'm talking about, the episode that Holden Bax gets introduced. There's this radio operator that makes the initial call.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That they find slumped over, still alive, mm-hmm. but barely. <laughs> if you can if you can find a way to to say anything without giving too much away is there a plan for said character or has that already started
1: somewhere else um that is already starting off camera at this point since the party is away i was afraid of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> if they if they if, if they played cards differently uh, in in uh fucking Augusta base and things went out a bit differently than they did then chances are they would have seen that play out in person but uh they kind of got the fuck out of there pretty quick. And so, uh things are playing off camera for that. So I got I got to figure out a way when when the consequences come kind of out for that for that particular character being alive and able to talk again. <laughs> when those consequences come to bear, I got to make sure it's uh it's obvious that that is th- that that is the
0: case. I'm curious how many of the players remember that happening.
1: Honestly. Well, the thing about me, I don't, I don't generally care too much. I'll remind them in the moment.
0: <laughs> oh, I know you don't care, but it's it's from the from the audience side of it. Like, it's a curiosity of like, did they catch what has happened? Yeah, or have they entirely forgotten themselves?
1: <laughs> uh, I I don't think when it happened, I don't think anyone particularly figured out what exactly was going on. With that scene. Yeah, even even when it was fresh in their memory, I don't think anyone fully had a clue as to what was going on.
0: I'll be honest with you. I'm entirely surprised that Dallas didn't, as Holden backs, try to be the one that transported uh, that soldier back with him just to, you know, have him miraculously not make it.
1: Well, Holden's a bad spy. i noticed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, uh, I, I guess when you first meet him, you're like, oh, he's not going to do that. But like, eventually you're like, why was he picked for this uh, mission? He's really bad at this. This this might have honestly been Garma being like, I need to get this guy the fuck away from here. Garma's had some interesting ideas, and I've introduced those a little bit in the background with the monkey playing the the video games. Oh god, I forgot all about that. <laughs> that was that was on the Federation side, but that was a reference to Dharma yeah. using training monkeys to be pilots, which is discussed in Crossbone. <laughs> so still going
0: down the line of um the factionless thing right now. Yeah. Um it kind of works out for this next question that comes in from Twitter user oddbark underscore AN. Um, uh, okay. When and if the the gang survives to Zeta, do you plan on allowing them to be on different factions, or will they all have to be on the same side of the
1: conflict? I absolutely will allow them to be different factions. How do you think that you would
0: uh you would handle that situation?
1: We, we would do a burst of episodes, two or three as one group, and then a two or three as the other group. It would be separate recordings. Okay. Separate sessions. Yeah. Would
0: you th- Would you ever think of kind of doing it as uh. Recording the two separate sessions and then just kind of mixing them through. I know that would be probably hell on Dallas, but if it was something that's happening like at the exact same time, do you think? Oh, if it's
1: if it's something happening at the exact same time, I would probably have the cast together, even though they aren't interacting with each other. Because there's always I mean, there would at least be the potential that they could interact with each other. So we'd probably do that recording together, and that way it would save Dallas a lot of time editing. But if things, if if the chronology doesn't matter and I can just stick with one group, then we'll just spend time with the Titans group or the AU group or the Space Pirate group or whatever, and uh, just kind of hang out with them uh, for a few sessions or switching to the other group. So Kazada
0: is one of those weird moments where you have a lot of big players out there. You've got a lot of factions you can side with. Mhm. And they all interact
1: differently throughout the whole series. Yep. <laughs> it's uh <laughs> it's it's going to be fun. I'm very excited uh post one year war, honestly. But I'm trying to keep my excitement contained to ending the one year war. Uh so that my focus doesn't drift off too much because I want this ending to be very uh very satisfying to people who've listened to Fetty Scum over, you know, the last I mean, it's gonna probably be three years when we finish. It's crazy. The uh, the one year war still doesn't take one year. Weird. Yeah. It's almost like it's incredibly unrealistic.
0: Insanely unrealistic, if you will.
1: <laughs>
0: we're gonna we're gonna end up not doing the lightning round because I've ended up burning into him anyway. Cool, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, this one is uh Twitter user, Captain Candy Hey, oh. mean. For the DM, who is your favorite character or archetype to roleplay with the rest of the group? And any advice for those who eventually run the rules for themselves?
1: Um, so, for the first part of the question, uh, archetypes to play off the main cast. Um, I, I like playing uh, stick-up-the-ass officers who are taking things very seriously against the main cast. They're uh, basically playing the straight man to any jokes. That's probably my favorite. And it's my go-to if you notice if I ever have to pull a character out of my ass, they are a uh, they are an officer of sorts with a stick up their ass. So yeah. Uh, as for the second part, uh any advice for running uh the game as your own? Like uh you could run it now. Just uh you know it, the the powered by the apocalypse version of the rules didn't have too much uh pre-planning put into it outside of the 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 moves uh, which you could gather probably from listening but in the future running with this new rule set i would say just and this is kind of just general advice for any dm is just don't don't roll when it doesn't matter don't make people roll when it doesn't matter like you should only ever roll when the consequences for failure would be interesting if the consequences for failure is that they're just going to try again don't, don't make players roll. It's a waste of time. Especially in systems where there's consequences for failure and it's not just like, oh, you failed. It's like, oh, you fell and you broke your hand. Uh, <laughs> don't make people roll willy-nilly. I would say like your objective, at least with the system that I'm building, should be to tell a story with the players. Uh, you're there as the GM. Not there necessarily as their enemy, but you are to reintroduce consequences, basically. So that they don't always get their way. Um, and you remind them that the world is cruel and cold and uh, suffering is 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 all over the place. Especially in the one-year war. Especially in the one-year war, yeah. Uh, I don't know. If you're doing using the system for something else, I guess you could change that. But, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's, a, that's a pretty fucking
0: solid answer. I'm not going to lie. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. All right. This one comes in from Twitter user XCDelta. Um, have you guys ever thought of doing any live recordings on Twitch?
1: uh we considered it uh briefly it would need to be of like a heavily planned one shot uh simply because we don't want dead space and uh we, we so we tend to cut off dead space that's primarily what we cut out of fetty scum is like oh i gotta go get water oh i gotta go to the bathroom or um mm, a player not being sure about what they want want to do and i'm me giving them time to think about it uh me explaining the rules for the umpteenth time all of these things are like stuff that's cut out of the episode. Uh, so first off, before we do any kind of Twitch live RP, we would definitely need to understand as a cast, the rules a lot better. They would need to be like more definitive. In other words, written huh, weird. <laughs> yeah. So The rules need to be written first. Um, and even then, uh, it's. I don't know. Dallas's editing brings a lot to the show and I don't know if the novelty of the show being done live would outweigh the value of Dallas's editing. I don't think it would. So in other words I think no matter what, the live experience would be a lesser experience unless there was some other gimmick there. Such like the chat controlling a player, an NPC or something chat suggestions of what happens things like that might make it more worth it um so i'm not going to completely rule it out but it has been considered i just don't think it's worth it at this point
0: from um an audience standpoint i think it would be interesting to see you guys do it i don't think i would want to see you do it with the main cast though
1: yeah so that's that's more that's more likely me doing it with different people is probably more likely live.
0: <laughs> it's like I, I think it'd be interesting to see like a random side sh- side story mm-hmm. shot off somewhere in the middle of everything just to kind of have it, especially if, mm-hmm. if your intent is to kind of have some kind of chat interaction or otherwise because I think the medium and the way that you've chosen to do your storytelling, for actual fetty scum, there's no, there's no other way to do that show. There really isn't, I don't think.
1: Yeah, we're, I I think we're pretty nailed into our formula at this point. Um, and a live show would be kind of difficult. But yeah, uh, side stories make it probably more likely, or just um, me and Dallas have something cooking for like random one shots. Those potentially could be done live as well, so we'll see where we'll see how that goes.
0: Next one is from Facebook user Miguel Maldonado. Hello, to Adam. At the beginning of the podcast, you referred to a sergeant when the base was planning on evacuating, as Rast. Is this the same Rast as Rast Barco?
1: Fuck, man! You're gonna have to help me out a bit, Uh, Sergeant Base. Uh, Do you happen to remember which base he's referring to? This would definitely be um, the evacuation of California Base. That was not the same Rast then. That was me pulling a name out of my ass. uh, Which then became a name that I used for real later on. (laughs) Uh, So when I come up with names, they tend to be, they tend to have a certain, I don't know. They tend to be names like Rast, Cav they have a, a vibe to them and that's how you can tell I pulled a name out of my ass uh and some of them I like and so I go back to them and use them more often and so this was uh this would be before I had Rast Marco planned as a character then yeah
0: it's like uh this question came in last night while Dallas and I had just finished up uh his his mm-hmm. interview and Dallas kind of pointed out a thing of like you have you tend to have a, a, a grouping of names that you like to reuse yes um, yes i do <laughs> is rast one that's normally in the roster or was that a new one that kind of got brought into the roster during fetty scum
1: it is a new one that brought in the what roster during fetty scum like i think probably you listening like the instance where i called a random sergeant rast was probably me coming up with the name Right then and there. And then I was like, that sounds good. I got to use that later. And then without remembering that I used it already, used it for Rast Marco. (laughs) That's probably exactly what happened. Fair. Which,
0: going back to that early in the podcast, uh, there's a character that you threw in that that you gave a line to vent my frustrations on. And I appreciate that still. About (laughs) there being no such thing as a janitor in the damn Navy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) God. Um. <laughs> Tom was a spy this whole
0: time. Tom was a spy this
1: whole fucking time. How did no one know? There's no janitors in the navy. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> There's no snow in Australia this time of year.
0: <laughs> I I like I definitely had like my moment of like slowly like shaking fists into the sky, and I'm like, you guys were doing so good until Tom got introduced as a character. <laughs> Look, I'm not a I'm not a military head. This is, uh, yeah, fair enough. I still love Tom. Tom. Tom is best girl. I wonder what he's doing. I'm also wondering what he's doing.
1: I wonder what Darty's doing. I don't know. The main cast just left her at Augusta Base. Maybe one of the gyms with All's Qualm uh, had Darty in it.
0: Wait, was Darty? At, uh, I thought Darty left with uh, Godfrey.
1: Not. She stayed. She, she 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 stayed at the base. She that whole time,
0: these idiots left Darty It didn't fucking bring her. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> it's uh. It was uh. Fuck. Uh, well, to be fair, she was moved with a different group. She was moved with like the actual um the actual soldiers there. They basically were, the cast were moved to like a uh off the books kind of group that R and D group. And then uh yeah, the people who were supposed to go to Jaburo were Godfrey and Cav.
0: Mm, okay,
1: this whole time I thought Godfrey,
0: Cav, and Darty all went together.
1: No, Darty stayed at Augusta. Damn, she's still in the Federation, <laughs> and Godfrey, as far as you're aware, is still in the Federation. Technically, Cav's still in the Federation. I mean, he's he's working on it. He said a wall sound like this a wall thing was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, he's just can yeah. We we might see something happen in the next
0: couple episodes. We'll see. We'll see. Cav
1: just like smashing heads. Uh, I, I don't even know if th- Cav cares about the fucking Federation at this point. I don't think he ever really did. He doesn't like Zeon though, at all.
0: This this comes in from a DM from the White Shadow himself. Oh, no. the man, the myth, the shadow. Okay. How does it feel to play the actual best character in Fetty Scum? Oh. Who's he referring to?
1: <laughs> he left it ambiguous. <laughs> is he just talking about me, or is he talking about Raster, or Cav, or? I don't know which character you think it is. Fuck. Um. I mean, knowing Shadow, it's. I, know, I probably he's probably pretty entertained by Cav, so I'm gonna assume it's Cav he's referring to, just based on what I know of Shadow.
0: So if that's the case, then how does it how does it feel playing the actual best character and that being Cav Walker? Um,
1: I love playing Cav, and it should uh it should tell you that it, like it should be obvious that I played him in other RPs that I love playing Cav. He's a very fun, violent character, <laughs> and I've played him in Zeta before, and he is a Titan. So, oh, no. there's a yeah, there's oh, no. a bit of a warning of his trajectory. <clears throat> oh no. <laughs> To be fair, he was a Titan
0: while not having this group with him. Now, this yes. group's around. That might change things. Possible.
1: Yes. Possible.
0: All right, Adam. Are you ready for the final question?
1: Sure. I am. I think maybe. No, Give me a moment. Give me a moment.
0: Right, okay. Are, are, you, are you comfortable in your seat? Are you, have you had enough water today? I'm drinking water now. Here, let me okay. finish
1: it up. I'm pretty close. Okay.
0: I always let my partner Ooh. finish it. It's good, it's best. <laughs>
1: Okay. All right. Water's done.
0: Yeah. That's, 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 okay. That's the noise you make when you finish, gotcha. Um, I mean, that's a different noise, but I don't think I want to make it in this recording. Yeah. Fair enough. So this one came in from a a couple different people. Um, and it's a, it's a very, very simple question Where are the goddamn rules, Adam? (laughs) Oh. Medium. Okay.